0: You are listening to the Radio DePaul Sports Podcast, a production of Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. If you walk down the streets of Chicago sometime on a summer evening and you happen to pass by a park, there's a good chance you'll hear the metal ping sound of a bat hitting a ball. And if you hear this and look over, you'll probably notice people playing softball with something that looks more like a cantaloupe than an actual ball. On the front of the player's shirts might be the name of the bar that sponsors their team and subsequently serves as the destination for a post-game cooldown. And just as you realize you've been watching this at-bat for a while now, you also realize you're not alone a small crowd gazes on at who appear to be just your average everyday residents. Obviously, some of them are friends and family, but still, there's a lot of people who just stop by to watch. There's something gravitational about it. The game you're watching is 16-inch softball, and the crowd you see gather around it isn't really a rare thing to experience in Chicago. A city generally regarded as the place for 16-inch softball. And I know you may be thinking to yourself, I feel like that's an odd sentence to use and emphasize the in. Normally, we reserve that for things like the place for jazz music or the place for lobster. But trust me, while 16-inch softball is a great thing to get together and do with your friends on a weeknight, there's a whole world of the sport beyond that, with former MLB players, national tournaments, and a full-on Hall of Fame. That, I bet you didn't know. I'm Charlie Bevins, your host today of the Radio to Paul Sports Podcast. Here, we take a look at the sports stories that matter. Alright, I can't say all of them will, but you'll we'll still have a good time. At the end of each episode, I hope you'll be able to say that you learned a new story. Plus, I essentially have free reign on this, so I hope what I find interesting, you also find interesting. If you made it this far, though, I'd say we're on the right track. Today, as you may have guessed, I want to tell you about 16-inch softball. Its origins, how it evolved, and what it is now. Now, normally I'd tell you what my relationship is to 16-inch softball, but I've left out a fairly crucial detail about my association with it. I am not good at it. Like, actively bad. I am a detriment to any lineup I'm placed in. I swing and miss at everything, and I insist on playing first base. That last part doesn't have much to do with talent, but for some reason I felt you should know that that's the kind of player and person I am. But someone who is good at this and has played it for a long time is Oleg Kupperman.
1: Back when we were in college, I mean, this had to be in the early 90s. I remember we had a, like this intramural 12 inch team, but I think it was the next year, maybe like anyway. But then we also played 16 inch softball, and I'm like, this is awesome because I'm so not an athlete, right? I'm like five foot four. And so I'm like, this is great. Like, we'll play softball. That first team that we were on, uh, we played, we weren't really sure how. The park district leagues were um, were configured. Uh, we got the team together and we we signed up to play at Hamlin Park and we played in a league that was way we were we were out way out of this league. Like we they were we we did not. So we went. I remember the first three years, ten games uh, a year. I think ten games a year in the first two years. We went two and twenty-eight. Uh, we lost twenty-seven games by um, by slaughter. And uh, like literally didn't play more than five innings, and but we won two games, and I think I want to say it was in our second year, and we won we won two games in a row, and it was like the greatest thing ever.
0: Oleg's experience in sixteen inches, probably the one you're most familiar with. I asked him why he started playing in the first place, and what keeps him coming back.
1: I just love the game. I mean, I love the game of baseball. I'm not I'm not an athlete, so I'm not going to go out and play twelve inch baseball. I'm not going to chase down fly balls. And with 16-inch softball, I find for, for people like me, or even better athletes, it's closer to baseball to me than, than 16-inch softball is, or, or I'm sorry, than 12-inch softball is, just because it's like, you know, the, the, the bases aren't as far away, it's a little bit easier, like it just, it, it, I don't know, it just, it's a nice game, and, and it's, and it really feels like playing ball.
0: The rules, which we took a while to get to, are simple and similar to baseball with some exceptions. There are seven innings of play, three outfielders, and a pitcher. But there is an extra infielder. The ball is lobbed underhand from the pitcher to the catcher, the batter cannot bunt, and the runner cannot steal. Also, there are four pitch counts. And there's another twist to this game. No gloves. you got to play barehand.
1: There was one time I, I was pitching. I, I was a pitcher like later on, and I was pitching. I don't remember which figure it was. I think it was this one. So I'm, I'm pitching the ball, and it comes back, and it's a one-hopper. And I feel that and i you. Kind of take your eye off the ball right away, just to make sure you know where first base is. And I took my eye off the ball, and I hit my finger, and I sort of you grab the ball, and then you're like, oh, well, that hurts. And then you're like, you know, time out, and you know, I'm standing on the mound, right in the center of the infield. Nobody really can see my finger, but I'm standing there, and uh, I call, I like the third baseman, who's like, who put the team together at the time. So he comes over to me, and I just show my finger, and it's like, and 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 the top two knuckles of my finger like the above the bottom knuckle are like over and it's down
0: so now we know what 16 inch softball is right well so far we've only taken a snapshot of it to get the whole picture we need to go back all the way to 1887 at the Farragut boat club in Chicago it was there that Yale and Harvard alumni wrapped up two boxing gloves into a ball and used a broomstick as a bat and thus softball was basically invented now, I can tell you the rest of this story, but I think you'd be better served to hear it from Ron Kubicki, the president of the 16-inch softball Hall of Fame.
2: Early 1900s, and then that ball was about 17 to 18 inches. And in 1925, the actual 16-inch dimension softball came into to being. In Chicago, the game is played barehanded. Um, they do play with gloves. Back in 1978, did to bring gloves in for teams that come from outside of Illinois. And they thought, well, this will make it more equal. Uh, It's like anything else, the great players in Chicago, you put a glove on them, made them even greater. So until 1985, no other team from outside of Chicago ever won the ASA Nationals.
0: Ron's been involved in 16-inch softball for over 40 years and has been president of the Hall of Fame for 12. So he's seen this sport change. And the kind of softball that he plays is very different than the kind of softball you'd expect to see scattered at different parks throughout the city. You see, for Ron, and plenty of other players, 16-inch softball is more than just something to do with your buddies. Because Ron is in the majors.
2: I got involved in 16-inch softball back in the early 70s, I think in 1971. Um, I got involved in the major division in 1985 and then moved up. And uh, I've been very fortunate to have some very, very good teams that played for me and around me and teammates. And uh, it's allowed me to have 25 national championships. There's really many divisions, top division being the majors. It's a lot like Major League Baseball. You got the majors and then you have the triple A, double A. It's kind of like the same way in softball, because right into the majors is A division. And then they go down to uh, recreational and industrial. Um, And the players change from each division. Uh, When you get to the major level, you know, you'll see a lot of people, sometimes they'll get broken fingers or jam fingers, but you don't see that at the major level. These guys are the best of the best. They are uh, in a class all by themselves, really.
0: Yep, the majors. These guys don't mess around. They play in highly competitive games and national tournaments where softball players from all around the country battle it out. And for a very long time in its early history, for the high-profile games, people came out to watch.
2: It was nothing back in the 40s and the early 50s to see 10 to 15,000 people come out and watch games. We have pictures of these. Uh, there was a women's game at Tillon Stadium where there was 15,000 people. Um, they were drawing better than the Cubs were back then.
0: Clearly, 16-inch was getting some attention. But according to Ron, the game took a dip in popularity in the 80s. But something happened that would prove to be a big-time boost to its status.
2: Rich Melman, who is the owner of uh, Let Us Entertain You, decided to get more involved in the game and and help propose and and fund a TV league, which was played at Forest Park. And for, I think it was five years, they would tape the games during the week and then show them on Sunday nights. And actually it was highlighted sometimes on ESPN. People were amazed how people could play without without a glove play barehanded, and uh, to see the skill skill level was pretty amazing and that really gave a a push to the game because it was on TV.
0: These television broadcasted games were the real deal and if you visit the 16-inch Hall of Fame in Forest Park you can watch old clips with the Hall of Famers. Even this past Labor Day weekend, according to Ron, their national tournament got over 700,000 viewers. But it does raise the question of how do you get to that major league level of competition?
2: Really start out in the recreational leagues, start out like a bunch of guys from DePaul will get together, start playing. And and the cream always rises to the top. People notice that. And and big time players, big time coaches look at softball throughout the the whole city. So they'll pick somebody up and see him. Uh, There's a little kid named Little B that we call him, incredible talent. You know, He was with the Jesse White tumblers. And then all of a sudden they pick this kid up and he's like, boom, he's incredible. so that's what happens, the, the, the big teams, the big managers will see these kids, another player will see them, say, you know what, let's give this kid a try. And that's basically how they move up. And then mm-hmm. they got to prove themselves. A lot of them move up and they think they expect because they're playing at a low level, you know, they might be a stud at a low level, they get up to a major level, That's it's a big difference. So they need some time to, you know, change. And if they don't change, then they're pretty much out of it and they have to go back down.
0: As I mentioned, Ron is the president of the 16-inch Softball Hall of Fame, which is located in Forest Park, just outside of Chicago. And among the many names of people who have been inducted into the Hall of Fame for various reasons, there's one name that sticks out to him most. Keith Filkins.
2: My opinion, in my era, is the greatest player ever to play the game. Um, I think if you asked a 1,000 players right now that played in this era, 990 of them would tell you Keith Filkins was number one. He's just... I guess the best way to describe it, he's a freak. He can do things with his hands that you and I couldn't even dream of doing with a glove, and it just, and it comes natural. Well, his nephew, who his dad played for uh, a few teams, played for me too, has decided to get into 16 softball, and I tease him because he took his uncle's number, you know, I said, man, those are big shoes to fill. Well, you should see this kid. It's just, again, this natural ability that something runs in their blood, it's there, you know, and you don't have to teach him anything. He's not going to spend any time in the, in the minors either. He's going to be at a major level.
0: 16-inch softball was on the decline for a few years earlier this century, as the main softball organization known as the Amateur Softball Association, or ASA, moved away from 16-inch and prioritized 12-inch. But a new organization called the Slow Pitch Softball Association, or SSA, stepped in and injected the game with a new energy
2: after Rich left the game, the TV kind of went away. It went back downhill a little bit. I, I think ASA kind of dropped the ball and, and decided that uh, 6 inch softball wasn't as big as like the girls 12-inch and stuff. So 10 years ago, an organization was formed called Slow Pitch, Associate, Slow Pitch Softball Association, SSA. And they've really infused in some new life into the game. Um, they do live broadcasts. Uh, They do tapings.
0: Now, according to Ron, 16-inch softball is on the rise. A rise that's maintained even in the face of COVID-19. Throughout the summer, you could still see the games being played around Chicago, and that was true at some of their biggest tournaments. The 16-inch softball Hall of Fame, a place Ron is clearly very passionate about, is filled with even more history of the game than what I've outlined today. If you pay a visit, in normal times, you can expect to see and chat with the Hall of Famers who frequent the place. These guys have plenty of stories, and I felt the need to ask Ron what his best one is.
2: Well, the story I repeat many times, and uh, there's been a couple book- books written. I did help with one, and this is the story I put in the book. But the aforementioned Keith Wilkins played. When Keith came up, he was with us with the Whips, and the Whips were the predominant team in the 80s. I mean, they won six national championships, ASA, and they won, I think, seven, triple Incredible team, one of the best of all time. Probably ranked number two of all time behind the Bobcats. So they bring this kid up, and we used to call him Pin because he was a space cadet. He's a great guy. He's my neighbor actually; he lives next to me. back when I lived in Chicago, and uh, but talent-wise, hands down, just an incredible player. So before a game, we would always do warm-ups. We were out in Harvey, uh, Lou Boudreau, I believe it was, or it by Thornton, Thornton High School. And we're goofing around and playing and starting to warm up. And uh, the manager of the team at the time was Jim Lang, a Hall of Famer. Um, Jimmy was a very muscular, strong guy. He was a concrete man, owned his own company. And believe me, he could hold his own no matter what he did. So we used to call Keith Penn and um, everybody would raz him. So Jimmy goes, you know, starts hitting some balls and Penn would go, or Keith would went to Jimmy and says, Jimmy, see if you get a ball by me. So he goes out by shortstop, and Jimmy picks up a batting ball, and it's a line drive, I mean a hard line drive, and Keith reaches out with one hand, grabs the ball with one hand, He doesn't throw it back. And he used to call him the old man because Keith was 19 at the time, and Jimmy was probably 38. To Keith, that was an old man, you know, double his age. He says, oh, man, I'll give you a second chance. What is expecting now? The whole team is starting to gather to watch this. Everybody's expecting him to throw the ball back. Well, he doesn't throw the ball back. He holds it. So Jimmy hits a one-hopper, a hard one-hopper to his left. He grabs that ball with one hand. So he's holding a ball in his left hand and in his right hand. He says, oh, man, I'm going to give you one more chance. To get ball by me. Jimmy hits a line drive. Keith jumps up and catches it in his knees. Oh. That one ball got by him. All of us were there. Said it said It's the greatest thing we ever saw. We're looking at him. And now, again, this is the rookie, so you can't pat him on the back. But we're like, our jaws dropped. Like, the third one, you or I probably would never even attempt anyways.
0: 16-inch softball is one of those things that a lot of people haven't heard of, but for the ones who have and are into it, it's serious business. It could be one of the rec league games that Oleg plays in or the major league games that Ron's been a part of for close to 50 years. Ultimately, it's a sport that's weaved its way into the fabric of much of Chicago during the summer but carries an importance beyond the scope of the city. Thanks for listening to this Radio to Fall Sports podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at RDP Sports, and tune into our live program, at www.radiotepaulsports.com or the Radio Paul app. I've been your host, Charlie Bevins, and I'll see you next time.